Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right. We're talking Hannibal episode eight, fromage on dish by dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the city of Baltimore, where all the finest serial killers live. This is Dish by Dish, a Hannibal rewatch project. And of course, there's only one person that I trust that if I have to corner myself between a serial killer and another serial killer, She'll put me in a place where one of them could probably snap my neck. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Or would I snap their neck for you? I, you know what? You're very unpredictable, so anything could happen, and anything will. I mean, you know, being able to snap someone's neck with my bare hands, that would surprise me more than, any, more than anybody else, that, that, that I could do that. That I just had the sheer forearm strength that that would, that would require to turn someone's head around and well, snap it. Maybe you would have that crazy mama strength. You know, like when we were growing up, there was like on That's Incredible, they would always have that story of. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, you picked up a car, like get your kid off underneath. That, that's yeah. possible. That adrenaline rush allows you to snap a man's neck. Yeah, sure. You would get up on a chair because you're short of stature. Yes. And that person might be tall. And then you would use that leverage to your advantage and that crazy mama strength. I'm sure that would work out great for everybody. You both patiently wait while I laboriously drag out a step ladder. Hold on. Hold on. I told you to hold on. Can you just brace this for me? I get a little shaky. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're going to like where this is going. I'm just going to use your shoulder. Hold on. (laughs) You were saying that... um, all the classiest serial killers are in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, you know, once we could say that, that Santa Carla, California could be the murder capital of the world, mm-hmm. it's clearly Charm City. Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I lived in Baltimore in, from the late 90s to the early 2000s. I do not remember. <laughs> These many ongoing open serial killer cases happening. Well, uh, there are many, most times amongst the hoy and the poloi for one of them. And then the other guy is just whoever was rude to me last. <laughs> Could this be the point where the audience is like, oh, come on now. <laughs> I think you're in for a penny. You're in for a pound because, yeah. again, it's not like it's not entertaining. Oh, no, 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 no. It's absolutely entertaining. But this episode reaches entirely new levels of absurdity. Well, it's only going to get more absurd from here. I mean, I think they start to think about body displays as outsider art. It's just (laughs) so wild what they managed to come up with. And they I think they feel a competition with themselves at some point to keep upping their game of what is possible? What would make the most dynamic visual? And uh, they sort of go back to the well because it's there originally with the Minnesota Shrike Shrike uh, <laughs> murders. Um, those are elaborate displays, but with like a natural thing, you know. It's uh, just I think that when people you know get into watching this for the first time, yeah, they don't expect to see a serial killer showdown. No, no, they don't. And I think that's one of this 
show is is really feeling its oats at this point. Like they are a pretty well oiled machine. I still have uh, an issue here or there, but overall, like you can tell that they're the engine is purring at this point. They just you hit the gas and this baby takes off exactly where you want it to go. And they've also built this grand guignol element to it. Uh, and for everyone wondering, yes, that is two 10 year olds playing in my yard. They're going to be here for the entire show. So just get <laughs> fucking used to it. We uh, have lives, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't be inside. <laughs> they have to be across the disc of our, 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 our outdoor uh, green grass. So, um, where was I? Oh, it, the, it, the show responds really well. Like it's just exactly what you want it to be exactly where they want it to be. The characters are set. They've started to place things for the future where it pays off. Everyone's character is pretty much dialed in. And now you're just tweaking the situation to make the most out of it. Right. Yeah. But, but but this one is definitely, I think this might be, the one where people are going to decide, okay, you know, I'm on board with this or yeah, no, this is, this was really silly. Yeah. I would, li- I would like to know if, if, if silly was the thing that knocked you out of Hannibal, I would feel like it might've happened already. But then again, it, I, I sort of felt at this point when I originally watched it, wow, there's a lot of serial killers in Baltimore. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and the point that the, well, there's some way that particularly, odd is that it's funny too like there's a lot of like very you dryly spoken lines like with this character tobias budge and and uh and and hannibal letter you know both of them united in their absolute loathing for franklin poor franklin i mean franklin is absolutely pathetic but, but but franklin has not killed anyone either you know with that we know of i feel like franklin may have you know wanted to kill people but you know he something has stopped him but, you know, when, when, you know, Franklin, you know, figures out that Tobias is a serial killer, as apparently every other person in the city of Baltimore is. Yeah. And he, you know, opts not to turn him into the police. You know, it ends up in this sort of, again, showdown where Tobias shows up at the office. I'm skipping way to the end of the episode, but it's just, <laughs> it, it, it's just, you know, in, in, you know, this funny way where Hannibal ends up killing Franklin and Tobias says something like, I was looking forward to doing that. And, and Hannibal's like, well, I saved you the trouble. They're both 100% straight face when they say this. Yes. No. It's like a serial killer dick-waving fight. <laughs> what you have here is an interesting meeting of the minds. Because ultimately, there's components of this show that are about friendship. I think right now we're in the friendship stage. Certainly, he's uh, Hannibal is falling in love a little bit with will but i think at this point it's more of that platonic love like i'm just amazed at what you can do and i love the way that you think and i i wish i could let you into my world fully but i you know that's obviously not going to happen because i have to preserve myself but i i'm also in awe of you and then here comes two people who are desperate to have Hannibal's friendship, Franklin and Tobias. And both of them, he's like, dude, you just don't, 
you don't do it for me. It's not, it's not, it's not me. It's you. Oh, that's another great line with the, uh, with Franklin saying he's, he's been fired by nine, uh, <laughs> nine psychiatrists. Yeah. They, I, I love, I love the line. What are you going to write me a referral? You're, you're a referral. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't doubt the changing uh, psychiatrists, even in a town, you know, Baltimore is a city, but even still like word has to get around. Like Franklin is a fucking load. And all he's going to want to do is because you will talk to him for an hour, start to think, well, you want to talk to me for more than an hour, right? Well, it's not even just, you know, talking to him, it's letting him talk, talk about nothing but himself all the time. Yeah. Which is, which is an extremely in- inviting prospect for a friendship, but not actually, not actually how friendships work. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, I haven't had one yet that has really sustained that level, but I also, uh, uh, unlike on this podcast, uh, tend to shut up amongst crowds. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of force myself to talk uh, on the show. Otherwise, you know, there would only be half a show. So, yeah, I, I can, you know, my, my general persona in large groups of people is, you know, politely chuckling. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, George Clooney uh, head Bob half smiles. I mean, Becky was very worried when we got together that I would not fit into any of her social circles. And so I really had to go, listen, you know, you really like this girl. If you're, if you're any of this is going to have a chance, like it, it could, you need to go outside of yourself and listen and talk and not retreat into a shell. And um, uh, you know, everyone was like, I guess they had been prepped that I was some sort of uh, silent, you know, uh, vulture who would sit in the corner, <laughs> hunched. He's going to stare at you very creepily, but don't <laughs> worry about it. He's not going to hurt you. He's just very quiet. He's just afraid he will say anything and anything that he says will get him punched in the face. <laughs> um, and that really hasn't happened very often. Um, so let's talk about 10 minutes in. Why not talk about the show? <laughs> um, uh, so we start with uh, nature calling out to Will Graham. He's hearing wounded animals and he can't find them because they don't appear to exist. So, again, without going into spoiler territory for future episodes. Here, we know that Will is disturbed. Now, we, we sort of take it from the previous episode where he was told, where he, he said, like, I can't keep looking at these things. And he, he was told, Yeah, either he's losing his mind or he's developing a brain tumor. Right. Because and he talks about he's hallucinating and he has headaches. And so none of this is very good. No. And he's done that thing that I love. Uh, all characters in movie and TV that they pull out pills from a bottle and dry swallow them. I I just, I don't have that capability. Like we get stuck there every single time. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, I, every morning I take, you know, I take my vitamin with you about the size of the world. He has a horse pill. I always do the whole, (laughs) no matter how much water I take, I I can't imagine those. Yep. Nope. Um, and so uh, we cut to a montage of someone um, removing uh, organs from some uh, from a body we cannot see, and laying them out and doing all these techniques to them 
bathing them in various liquids, boiling them, stretching them. Yeah, it's a a pretty cool, you have to have a pretty cool tutorial on how they supposedly make strings for violins. Now, I don't think they actually make them that way anymore. They don't make them from anything organic anymore, to to, to my knowledge. But this would be how it once was done. True, true. It does look like the weirdest episode of Test Kitchen. You've yeah, it looks like they're making pasta at some point. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, my God. I'd love to make pasta. Pasta is really, I have a friend who can do it, and watching her is amazing. But also, the amount of stuff that you need to make that happen is pretty incredible. And you, you can't fuck around with it. No. I'm okay in the kitchen. Like, I'm not useless. I have been cooking now for 15 years. Um, so, like, I'll occasionally post something that, that we've made. Like, tonight we made fried rice for the first time. Um, surprisingly easy to do if you have all the ingredients. Uh, my suggestion, uh, cook the eggs ahead of time and then fold them in afterwards and they're not overcooked. Boom. Cooking knowledge. Um <laughs> But uh, I like this that we offer like actual real life cooking tips. And, and I think we should keep doing this. Sure. I think yeah. we should briefly bring up something we cooked recently and talk about it for like a minute or two. Uh, you know what? And, and then get back to another horrifying tableau. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> With a dead then, body. And then we'll see someone stuff the stem of, of a uh, oh. cello down someone's throat. So this might have topped the mushroom thing for me, honestly. Yeah. Really? It, I, th- I think it might have because I think they described it because they described how it was done mm-hmm. in such like pornographic detail yeah. that I was just like, you know, I'm just like nonstop shutters down <laughs> my back. And like Will at this point, it could not be any creepier yes. about about like knowing what this, the killer is thinking and, and what he did. Like there's a there's a part of. After the uh, the body is taken to the morgue and everybody's you know, cracking their jokes and you know figure out oh there's lye and there's a uh, so you know, sodium bicarbonate and, and and of course one of them that obviously naturally one of them has played an instrument so they know oh this is how you treat violin strings like <laughs> like anybody would know that off the top of their head and and like Will's a standard he's gone oh, he's stubbly he's like gray and he's like. He's like, I wanted to see how you would sound. <laughs> Everybody just looks at him like, yeah, right. There he goes again, saying something weird. <laughs> Straight yeah. back to their work. <laughs> it is weird that the pathologist, pathologist three, I, I'm really working on a moniker for them. Zeller and Hanson Price. But they're allowed to like make puns and make, you know, inappropriate jokes. But as soon as, as Will goes, I wanted to see how he sounded. You're like, whoa. That's inappropriate. You're taking this too far. You you guys have been gone far enough, like up until this point. And yet yet they all kind of like, you know, well, that's how he is. This weird guy that works with us. They're beginning to act like he's a ghost, but a ghost they see all the time. Um, I did really like uh, when Will uh, is taken to where the body of this uh, trombonist is at the center of the stage at the Baltimore Philharmonic. Um, he, you know, goes into his mind state and uh, begins to watch himself play. But then he hears clapping out in the audience and it's the Minnesota Shrike 
clapping, slow clapping for him. The slow, sarcastic clapping serial killer of Baltimore. Yeah, like, oh, I love this. He really is living rent free in Will's mind. Play free bird, man. <laughs> oh, Franklin, Franklin, fucking man. He is, he's quite a load. I don't, uh, Gina, how often do you psychoanalyze me? And I'd love to hear your conclusions. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm not so puzzled by you that I would talk to you about my psych, to my psychiatrist. Like, I think he's killing people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think you're killing anyone. <laughs> well, that's that's a relief. Um, Gina, we're. <laughs> Sorry. And if you and if you and if you that joke, Becky, we're getting away with it. I was going to say, and if you and if you were, I'm too far away to do anything about it. That's right. No, you would call our local authorities. I mean, we'd hope. <laughs> as I scram- as I scramble through like various PayPal receipts to try to find your address. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. What? Hold on. No, no. Wait. I, I, I swear to God, I have it. Just give me a minute. What do you mean? He lives in Long Beach. What do you mean where? It's like a town, that, right? That, that part I remembered. I remember the Long Beach part. <laughs> House numbers, forget it. I'll never remember. Now, let me get this straight, lady. You're telling me a guy you did a podcast with, whatever the hell that is, because I don't believe it's real. And you've been doing this for four years with this guy, and all of a sudden you realize he's killing somebody? It's, it, I just, it's just a hunch. You had to go check. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't call me on a hunch. Like, uh, where's your proof? Wait, wait, are, are, am I calling a cop in New York or am I calling a cop in California? I'm, I'm a cop character and I exist everywhere. A okay. cop character sort of sounds like he, you know, lives in Staten Island. I was going to say, I think that he sounds like he's like, you know, an extra in the taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. <laughs> That's what all cops should be. Yeah, I you know, I'm not going to disagree with you accent. there. That's it. <laughs> it's Australian and cop from Long Island. <laughs> Um, oh my god. Uh, yeah, Franklin is the worst because at a certain he's like, point, he's just like, he's just, you know, he's all need. Yeah. And he is, and everybody, I mean, the, the honest truth is everybody knows a Franklin. Mm-hmm. He just, he's just a little, he's a little amped up, partially for, for comic value and partially for luridness. Yeah. But everybody has that one person they know who, you know, they constantly need people to be there for them and to be their, you know, their 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 shoulder to cry on and and you know, their their complaint board. But when the you know when the tables are turned and you need them, they're suddenly unable to be found. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you know, he's he's definitely a a believable character, just you know, kind of exaggerated a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Franklin, and and then the other part of it is you can see in slow motion exactly what's going to happen to Franklin, because he he is such a load that his only friend is like, I want to go behind your back and hang out with your serial killer psychologist. That's kind of <laughs> hurt. He is being cucked by not one but two killers. <laughs> yeah, that's just how that happened. <laughs> it is a world fucking record. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what section of the book that is, but you pencil him in. I mean, imagine, imagine what it does to your self-esteem to find out that two serial killers bond over the fact of, man, that guy's really a loser. <laughs> He's the worst. And at one point, Budge is like, I'm going to kill him. And Lecter's kind of like, don't 
Don't kill him. Come on. Fucking rookie. What are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, if you, if you want to hang out with me, you better show me that you're, be- you can't just kill some people and hang out with me. That I want something more, right? <laughs> he's one of those, he's one of the, Budge is one of those guys who, I mean, sort of like, um, what was that character uh, in Friday the 13th part three? Um, uh, who was like, oh, you're in proximity to my penis. You must want to touch it. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Not, not Shelly. Shelly. Yeah. Oh Shelley. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's totally Shelly. It's Franklin is a, is a Shelly where he's like, you're near me and you're talking, you're putting up with me. So we're best friends. And Budge is, is the same way. He's like, listen, I kill people. You kill people. We're the best of friends. <laughs> and was like, uh, we're on different levels, my friend. Uh, it's, and he really finds it rude that he was followed. Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to serve you up, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The look on his face is like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I invite you into my home and I serve you fine food and I tell you to your face, like, this is not a, a, a something that's going to go back and forth. I'm not going to give you up, but I also, you know, we're not going to have a relationship. He's like, oh, well, I followed you to that bus yard. And he's like, you can see the the instant snap in Hannibal's head. <laughs> he's like, motherfucker, I'm sending the FBI after your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I really like about this version of Hannibal is that it allows Lecter to be both an investigator and an instigator. Because in the books, He's always advising both sides, but he's in a place where he can't directly affect what's happening. He it's surrept- surreptitious, but um, you know, here depending on what he finds more interesting, he's willing to entangle himself ever so slightly with a killer who could easily give him up if the police ever catch him. So it's a real balancing act, but you can tell there's a part of him. That would like to be Will Graham. Oh, oh. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but also, he's he's not as good at it as Will is. I mean, he can sniff out his own rather quickly, but also making some of those leaps is something that he, what he finds so fascinating in Will. Yeah. And, and you know, as, as pointed out, um, when he has, uh, when Hannibal has his appointment with Bedelia, that you know, she points out that that you know, he he could see he could he could see him as he looks like, and, and mm-hmm. that that's like not that's not something that a lot of people can do. If anybody else could do, right? And here we um, at, at a certain point in the episode, we kind of get two romantic scenes back to that back to back with Alana, you know, after being <laughs> showing up to the house to help corner wounded animals. And see what Will's tried to claw out of his own chimney, uh, which for some reason does not ring alarm bells in her head. She's kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. This seems seems like a good time to let him kiss me. Yeah, no, that's the best time for them to, to really rub up against one another in the living room that still smells of the chimney that he's opened up. Um, But as Will says, she's immensely kissable. So. Who among us? But at the same time, you have Budge and Lecter like having this dinner date together. <laughs> and uh, I assume the reason that Hannibal tells Budge not to kill Franklin is because it would again bring 
suspicion on him. Like he doesn't need that extra heat. No, no, absolutely not. Is Hannibal sending Will into the trap of Budge's store? Is that just because he wants to see what happens or is, I mean, is he like tempting fate of getting Will killed and like it's destiny for them to be together if he survives or he just loves to put together what, you know, it's like another dinner party. He's just putting together, you know, ingredients to see what happens. Yeah, I definitely think it's the second one. I, I think okay. that, I think that he thinks that, 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 you know, Will cannot be, can, can cannot be, uh, cannot be tricked or i mean of course he's tricking him to a certain extent yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh but i think that he generally thinks that 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 will is one step of most other people one step ahead of most other people right yeah um and then on top of that um <laughs> once uh graham ends up at that string store <laughs> like budge is told hannibal like if the cops come like i'm gonna kill them and i'm just gonna disappear into the night so like hannibal knows explicitly what's gonna happen when he shows up so will shows up with two cops and then he his uh ability to hear non-existent animals in need actually saves his life because while he goes outside to see if a, a dog was actually hit by a car, turns out it wasn't. He swallows, he dry swallows some more pills, goes back inside, and he finds the first cop just bleeding out from some sort of, I don't know, woodworking tool. I was going to say, it looks like he stuck a bow to the guy, like a, like a violin bow to the guy's neck. I mean, I could be wrong, but. No, well, you see him pick it up off of the the fireplace mantle, and it looks like an, a wood awl. Oh, A-W-L. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, it, I, the, the thing about this scene, though, it's like, how long was Will outside? Because it feels like he's only out there like 30 seconds. And that's apparently enough time for this this one guy to overcome two cops and drag another one down to his workshop, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, I assume. And, and prepare him to be, you know, turned into shrinks, I assume. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he takes, I, 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 I do wonder the sequence of events that he, that allows him to take out two armed policemen. I assume he knocks out the one that he drags down to the basement and, you know, gets that other one in the neck so badly that he's, he is bleeding out pretty fast. Like I'm sure I, I think he got him in the jugular because there's a lot of blood underneath him. Doesn't stop Will from like, tip tapping his fingertips to see if he's still alive like uh that blood isn't pumping anymore my dude <laughs> he's very very dead he is very very dead so will uh descends into this basement which has a real silence of the lambs uh vibe to it oh yeah totally um and then so here's something that was i i meant to research this but i got lost in in my very weird day but is Tobias Budge, the serial killer that in Silence of the Lambs, uh, Hannibal sends, um, uh, what's her face to go look in that, that, uh, the head. Yeah. No, he had a different name. Um, okay. I don't remember the name, but it wasn't that though. It was something, it was something else. It was a weird name. It was a real name, but it was, I don't think it was that. 
Okay. Because when he gets down there, you start to see all sorts of weird looking shit in jars. And I'm like, is this a science of the lambs reference? Like, are they, are they remixing that element of it or not? And maybe it's just a reference sort of thing. Cause you see like an eyeball. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's, that's possible. Some real weird science shit happening down in that basement. Uh, but once Will gets down there, he see <laughs> he keeps hearing this, this faucet. And he goes over to where it is, and the second cop has his face has been pushed through a series of of bow of uh, cello strings, <laughs> just sawed five ways from Sunday. His face, and again, yeah, that's what, that's what makes me wonder exactly how long was Will wandering around outside trying to you know find this injured animal that didn't actually exist, right? Long enough, I guess. I mean, or Tobias Budge is just—I mean, we do see him in action. The guy is nimble on his feet. You got to give him that. True. But dragging an unconscious body uh, is not exactly, you know, something you can do real fast. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he was using crazy mom strength. (laughs) That'll be this episode. Crazy mom strength. Crazy mom strength. (laughs) Um, And. And and so Will uh, is looking at this guy's dead body, but once again, this was on broadcast television and um, Tobias uh, grabs him from behind with a bunch of, of, of other uh, cello strings trying to strangle him. And Will manages to get his two hands up underneath uh, so he can hold him off and manages to get off a shot, which kind of like nicks his neck and hits his ear a little bit. And Tobias is gone in the night because now Will just laid off that shot right next to his ear. So his hearing's all gone to shit. Yeah, they do have that effect that you see in a lot of movies where you get that ringing sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's which the is always, which is always sound pretty I good. I get to hear all the time because I lost my hearing due to terminating. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I was gonna say it's, it's tinnitus when you get to be a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> And that age is in your forties. Yeah, that's why I will will hear will look at someone's lips and try to follow along, and I'm like, no, I gave it a good shot. I didn't hear anything. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Waterworld took my hearing. Uh, it it's I don't want it to be true, but it's true. Uh, so uh, Tobias manages to escape. Figures, all right. Uh, before I disappear to the night, I'm gonna have to take care of Hannibal because he's a loose. He's, he's, he's a, a loose string here. And Franklin is also in residence. And as soon as Tobias shows up, Franklin goes into full uh, that guy in the backyard of, of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 mode. Where he's like, <laughs> hey, Freddy Krueger, let's talk things out. All right? You like knives in your hand. I like wieners and making out with sweet high school ladies. Maybe we can work this out. <laughs> Turns out he does not work that out. He gets a face full of barbecue. Um, and in this case, uh, Franklin gets a full on neck snapping, but from Hannibal. It was like, fuck this. This has gone to seed. This is, <laughs> this is, this is annoying now. Snap. Like, how many conversations have you gotten yourself stuck into in your life? Where it's just like, you know, I think I just break this person's neck. And it'll be just like, it's so much easier to try to figure out a way out of this. <laughs> rather than finding an excuse to leave a party yeah exactly yeah. i mean you know you have your you have your your irish goodbye mm-hmm. where you, you quietly creep out without saying anything to anybody what if you just snap someone's neck <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, if you do it that well, I mean, it really does feel like. I mean, it takes a lot of practice. You, you don't yeah, want yeah. you don't want to leave the person paralyzed. That's cruel. Yeah. You, you also don't. You also don't. A few eggs before. You yeah. You, you also don't want to like accidentally like 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 heal something that's been bothering them because then they're going to want to be your friend. <laughs> right. Like, and they're going to say, "Hey, they're going to say, hey, could you do that thing to my neck that you did last week?" Oh, my sciatic feels so much better now. <laughs> I mean, it was an odd time to do it, but I mean, it was very sudden. But you know, you're you. going to go to the next gathering and then you're like, hey, magic fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and, now you're, and now you're magic fingers for the rest of your life. And who honestly wants to be those magic fingers? It's like when Homer trips down the garage stairs and falls over the, the garbage can and, and it fixes his back. So he decides to become a chiropractor <laughs> by just pushing people over his garbage can. <laughs> Oh my god! My favorite thing about doing doing the show is how far off base everything just goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I do wonder what people who might just tune in because they've heard that it's a Hannibal podcast <laughs> think about it. It's. I. They were like, I don't. They don't really get into the details very much. <laughs> come for the come for the Hannibal tape of the endless anecdotes. <laughs> Uh, four years into it, and I'm still finding weird references. So let's keep it up for another. Hey, year hey the fans it. love it. If you read our comments or our, <laughs> our, our reviews, the fans love it. They do. They do. They do. Um, and so after that, we get a very long hand-to-hand combat sequence in which um, Hannibal pretty much gets his ass. Yeah, kicked. it's pretty uh, amazing. I mean, he gives as good as it takes, but he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, it's a little stuff like uh, like. You know, Chuck Norris having to fight the robot guy in the <laughs> whatever the fuck that movie is called, the silent, silent but deadly or something like that. I, I, I forgot that. Silent movie. Rage. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, you brought up silent. I was really struggling because um, that's the movie that uh, actor activist Ron Silver is in as one of the three scientists who, you know, make this Frankenstein serial killer. And then he's the first one person to go, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. And then he <laughs> ends up dead, hung on a hook in his own home. <laughs> but you can tell, like, they've pancaked Ron Silver's face very white. Oh, yeah. Well, when the door closes, Ron is trying very hard to stay dead. And it's not working. He's breathing <laughs> rather hard <laughs> for a dead body. Do we have to put Silent Rage on the list? I think we should. It's definitely it might, it might, it might end up in obscurity, like 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 uh, Fear No Evil, but, right. but we, we should do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it fits in. You know, I mean, if we're if Cobra went over and Commando went over, I, I maybe I think a wonder though. We wouldn't want to drag. Oh out. yeah, no, no, of course not. Um, I think I gave away my best joke about Silent Rage just now, so <laughs> I'd have to find another one, Gina. <laughs> uh so in choose your own death venture we have uh we don't really know how budge initially kills his first that the victim that we see we we he may have killed plenty well i think it's he slash his throat yeah but and then he opens it up and he shoves the cellos uh the top of a cello into his throat and makes a uh, resins his vocal cord so he can play him like a musical instrument uh, so you could finally make a good set, make them make a good sound. Uh, or you can get all in the neck 
Uh, you get your face pushed through cello strings, have your neck snapped, or um, you can get your head caved in with a giant elk uh, statue. And so, Gina, uh, it's your turn to go first. And you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of dramatic displays. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the uh, being turned into, into a human cello. <laughs> Even though that weirded you out more than the mushroom people. Yeah, but it's still like, like you know, that that takes finesse. <laughs> it's very and again, no one's gonna forget that. Um, I think I'm gonna go with face full of cello string. Um, Ooh, that's like a that's a slow one though. Yeah, but that guy ain't alive by the time his face goes through the cello string. I don't. I don't think anyone. You know, that's not something that you. I don't think he's dragging down a live person or a conscious person. Oh, well, uh, okay. Yeah, it's possible. I think he's unconscious, pushes his head through the cello string, and he he drowns on top of it. But he's not, he's not awake for that. So I'm into that. Plus, close casket, baby. All the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, if I you know, get a, if I get turned into a human cello, I mean, do they actually you know, take the, the cello neck out before they bury me, or do I just get left in there? No, you get put up in that chair <laughs> just at the, front up. Of the funeral home. <laughs> and everyone gets a shot to give a little wah, 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 wah. <laughs> On you. They play a little stray cats on me. It's <laughs> <laughs> plucky like I'm in a in a psycho billy. Uh, you know what? I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's gruesome and absurd. That, that, that's yeah. you know, that that's two things I want in my funeral to be both gruesome and absurd. It is getting better and better. Then I could like lean you all the way over to the side, like the guy in the stray cats who would sit who would stand on top of the cello. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not something I would want to do, Gina, but because you asked for it and you are my friend, I will do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, these, these are amongst my wishes. I, I trust you to, to know what I would wouldn't want. Yeah. Even though everyone will scream, please don't stop. I'm like, she wanted it. I have it recorded. Hello. And, you know, there's a couple of people that'll be like, yeah, you know what? That that actually that actually tracks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's a good stray cats reference. I got it. Um, so that just about does it for this episode of Dish by Dish. Don't worry, the body count will continue. Gina, uh, where can people find you on these here internets? I am a writer and associate editor over at The Spool. I just recently covered uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which you should definitely watch. And I am about to wrap up uh, the season for Lovecraft Country. Uh, and I am also on on uh, Twitter under Porcelain72. Do it today. Check it out. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have the letterbox where we tell everyone what we've been watching and shit like that. Uh, We have Patreon, which you can hear exclusive episodes. uh, And I don't know what we're going to do for October. That's uh, holy shit. We got to do something for October. Yeah, we do need to pick out something for October, isn't it? Don't we? Yes. (laughs) Because somehow it's October 11th already as we record this. We, we were so far ahead at one point, and now we're really under the gun. So I apologize to everyone, but we're trying our damn best, okay? 
Uh, we exhausted some episodes during moves. Things are real weird, kids. Give us a break. Yeah, we're trying. God damn it. All right. And so we're in the middle of Scream. You already heard one episode, another episode coming up next week. Uh, and that just about does it uh, for myself and Gina. The body count will continue. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.